Hey Rockstar, you're tuning in to episode 116 of the Redefine the Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Suze, a growth mindset and productivity coach to music industry professionals and founder of the Rockstar Advocate. Today I'm joined by my very first guest of season five, Dr. Sarah Gulish. She is the perfect person to lead us into our deep dive of redefining the hustle as she manages to juggle many different passions and has accomplished a mountain of achievements all without cutting into her time with herself or her family. So grab a pen and paper because you're gonna wanna take some notes for the gems that she is dropping in this conversation. Now Sarah is a Grammy-nominated music educator and holds a PhD in music education from Temple University. Since 2007, she has taught at Lower Moreland High School located in Pennsylvania. She's also served as an adjunct professor of music education at SUNY Buffalo State and Temple University. Now, while her teachings focus on creativity, she's also an active researcher, writer, presenter, clinician at the state, national, and international levels. She is a published author and co-founded the music education publishing company, F-Flat Books. Her latest project, Songwriting for Music Educators, helps teachers connect with their creative selves and helps their students do the same. Now, we get deeper into this amazing project later on in our conversation, so hold tight. And before we dig in, this episode is sponsored by the digital version of the 2022 Rockstar Life Planner. That's this little thing right here. Now this was created by myself and my very good friend, Miss Alyssa B. Jackson. And it is a weekly planner designed with the creativepreneur in mind. So as you can see here, I, I already uh, planned out last week. <laughs> so with my growth mindset prompts to help you stay focused on working with intention, we've also included areas for you to reflect on the week that's been. Okay, so this will help you slow down a little bit and carve out some time for you so that you can focus on the things that matter most and make sure that you're working towards your goals. It comes with an almost endless list of digital downloads, I like to call them rock sources, that you can get including spreadsheets, checklists, and more. We're always adding more to the webpage. And with the digital version that's now available on F-flat Books, it is now compatible with the newly free version of GoodNotes 5. Now, what that means is you can download this baby onto your tablet and you can not only save space and paper, but you can also plan directly onto your tablet while still enjoying the benefits of putting that pen to paper. Now, I've put the link to the digital planner as well as the link to my favorite stylus pen in the caption below in the show notes on YouTube. And I've also included the link to the GoodNotes 5 app. So you've got everything you need. You can go check out the digital version of the Rockstar Life Planner now on F-flat Books. And now I bring you my conversation with Dr. Sarah Gulish. I can't wait for you to listen in. Do keep in mind, as I said in my intro episode for this season, because this wasn't a video podcast right off the bat, we don't have video for all of our interviews that you'll be seeing over the next few weeks. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Sarah Gulish. And let me know in the comments below what you think. Sarah, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. We've been mutual fans of each other's for quite some time now. And we've had the pleasure of being able to collaborate a few times over the years. And I'm so happy we get to do it again. So thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast. 
Yeah, I feel like ever since I heard of you and your work, I've just been doing a deep dive into all the things that you do, and I'm obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, same, same. So I appreciate that. I can't wait to dig in. First, I want to ask a question that I ask all my guests in this new season. How do you define hustle, and where do you see others getting it wrong? Mm, That's such a good question. This is a very... I feel like a loaded topic for me because I think Mm. I am a high energy person. I am very project driven. So I'm usually have my hand in a lot of things at once. And it's because for me, that's life giving. I really enjoy doing a lot of things. But I think what becomes misconstrued sometimes is that there's a sense of hustling just to hustle. For me, Hustle really means passionately pursuing the things that I feel called to do or the things that give me life, not necessarily doing things because I feel like I have to, to get Mm. to this objective next step that is externally imposed on me. So for me, hustle is very much intrinsically motivated and it's really fueled by the things I'm passionate about. And I think what I see a lot of, especially now as a business owner and entrepreneur, is that others will tell you to always push harder. And by others, it could be the internet, it could be, Mm -hmm. you know, marketing gurus, it could be (laughs) books that you take off the shelf, it could be friends, family. Oftentimes people will tell us that there is no limit in terms of how much time we should spend on our work, on our businesses. And so for me, I want to be really careful in my messaging with my community and my audience that if I'm spending a lot of time on something, it's because I feel passionate about it, but it will never take the place of family or take the place of my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health. And I think that's really important to underline. I a thousand percent love that definition. (laughs) I really, you said it so succinctly and elegantly. I really, I resonate so much with that because for so long I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, for you to say that my hustle will never get in the way of my friends and family and my health and well-being, you know, I'm still learning that lesson. I'm much better at it in the last seven or eight years and did a huge overhaul and almost a full 180 from the 10 or 12 years prior to that where I was definitely letting my hustle completely take over my life. But sometimes, you know, I fall into those bad habits again and I see it creeping up and I definitely tell myself that like, okay, the hustle is overtaking. Yeah. (laughs) You got to reel it in. (laughs) And I think it's also, you know, it goes in waves and a lot of it has to be negotiated. You know, I, Mm. I know for me, I have three small children at home. I'm married. My husband is also someone who has his hand in a lot of creative projects. He's an artist. He's a writer. And so for us, there's a lot of really clear planning and saying like, okay, this is going to be a season where I'm going to have to hustle a little bit harder because Uh this thing is coming up or I have this deadline. And how do we balance that? Like, how do we recalibrate when that ends to intentionally carve out time or, you know, be able to disconnect from devices or whatever it might be? Because I don't think it's realistic to think that we will always be perfectly balanced every day. Right. (laughs) And our our workload will always be the same. But I think 
in thinking long term, how do we take seasons where we might be pushing a little bit harder, but make sure that they're balanced with seasons of rest and seasons of renewal? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like that could be a whole episode in and of itself. (laughs) I couldn't agree more with, you know, the hustle season because it is really true. I say the same thing to my clients and community where I say, you know, Sometimes you will have to pull an all-nighter. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you will have to, you know, say no to your friends and family and say, I got to skip that outing. I really got to put my head down and work. But I know for myself and I know so many others that I work with, it used to be that was every day. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not, yeah, everything has its season could not be more true for the hustle 100%. And also if you're approaching burnout and you don't see an end in sight ever right that can really destroy you mentally Mm. I think there is something to say about being in a challenging season but knowing that you have intentionally planned rest and sometimes that means sacrifice it means financial sacrifice it means saying no to paying gigs it means saying no to people who might think that your time should be spent in a very specific way and I think that's hard for a lot of us to do but once we can get in the rhythm of doing it, it's a game changer. Absolutely. And I know one of the things that I know you talk often about, and we've we've talked about together too, is, you know, helping musicians see themselves mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs. And for many seasons, that's what this podcast was about with the whole musicpreneur mindset. And I know that's something that you subscribe to as well. I'm wondering when you work with fellow musicians and, and your students and your community, how do you delineate the difference between the hustle of being in a band and the hustle of being an entrepreneur. Is it the same? Is it different? How do you connect the two? (laughs) I'd love your take on that. Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, so I I played in kind of original indie rock bands for most of my adolescent life into adulthood. (laughs) I still have the same drummer and guitarist now of like 18 years or something. So it's been a big part of my life. And and I know in my early 20s, I sort of felt completely ill-equipped to... Be in a band. I mean, how do you book shows? How do you book a tour? How do you get radio play? How do you get interviews? How do you get press? Like all of those questions. And the landscape was so different when I was first getting started. I mean, my space was all the rage. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, to kind of date myself. But, you know, I remember ordering books about marketing and branding and making press kits and all of this stuff and really feeling like I was running a small business of me, of my Mm. music. And it felt like a big hustle because, you know, you're not just doing the thing, you're not just performing, but you're really, if you're an independent band, you're doing all of the behind the scenes things. And so I did feel like when I got into starting a business, so starting my publishing company, so much of what I've drawn upon has just been from what I've learned playing in a band. You know, I did not get an MBA. I've done no business training whatsoever. But a lot of the through lines between Mm -hmm. those two experiences resonate for me. And so I think you know, in terms of how that relates to my community, there are just so many lessons that I've learned the hard way that I feel like we could better prepare musicians, whether, you know, you're a full-time music educator or a full-time musician to just to know more about business in general. And I think it would help us avoid some of that burnout from hustling in areas that won't really serve us, like knowing what to outsource and knowing what to invest our time into. And I think a lot of us go to school for these things, but graduate without an understanding of the business. 
I couldn't agree more. And I went to school for music business. Right. <laughs> and I feel like I've learned the industry, but I didn't learn entrepreneurship. Yeah. And, and I fully relate to everything that you said. What is your take then? As you said, hustle is deeply rooted in passion. What do you say then to the musicians who are like, well, I don't know. I hate business. I don't, I don't want to look at my money. Are very kind of like flippant about the business, maybe in from your own personal experience. How do you tap into a passion for learning all of that? Mm, that's such a good question. You know, I remember being 22, 23 and thinking, we don't need healthcare. We don't need income. We're just going to leave the bohemian life and just <laughs> <laughs> play our music. And then a couple of years into it, we're like, we need healthcare. <laughs> we, we want all those things. So I think learning the hard way, especially with the business that I run now, just about all of the financials and the things that go into it, it's really important for me when I'm working with music educator musicians who are just dipping their toes into entrepreneurship to give them advice to set them up on the right foot. And I think, you know, in terms of like, how do I dig deep to get the motivation to address those things and learn those things? It really has just felt like it's been part of the gig. You know, right. if I don't do it, no one else is going to do it. But I know that your approach has so much to do with like, we can actually take control of these things and be planful. And again, I just didn't see a lot of that when I was out gigging and touring and was doing it with bands who are kind of at our same level. People were just really scraping by and the idea that you could grow your business as a band just the way you would grow any other business was not even on the radar. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's an excellent answer. I think, you know, as you said, if you don't do it, nobody else will. You've connected the purpose of it, you know, when mm -hmm. you can connect the purpose to your why, maybe the why or the passion lives on stage. But without all that stuff, there is no real sustainability on stage. I loved how you explained it about, you know, like healthcare, early 20s, maybe not a big priority. But you know, once once we get kicked off our parents plans, it might yes. become a priority. Not to say that everything is connected to our age, but just to various stages in life. I really resonate with what you say, because it reminds me of a meme I saw on Instagram, it was something to the effect of, you know, I never thought I'd be passionate about home remodeling. Yeah. But ever since I've turned 30, I'm obsessed with it, you know, and, and it yes. is when you finally own a home or you finally are making a life for yourself, you start to become interested in things you never thought you'd be interested in. Yeah. And I think that's true for your business as well. So I think what you brought up a lot of great points there. So I think of something unique to me is every sort of entrepreneurial thing I've done has been in community. Mm -hmm. It's always been with other people, including the band. And, and so then there's this added pressure and that motivates me where it's like, I want the whole band to get paid. You know, it's not just right. about myself. It's about taking care of other people. Same with my business. Like if the business does well, the people who publish with us are taken care of. And so I think it's a lot harder when you're kind of an independent artist or you're going solo because it really is just you, mm. but you're also worth taking care of. And I think sometimes we don't see our own worth and our own value. And that might keep us from taking care of ourselves the way we would take care of anyone else in our life. 
So true. And, you know, you bring up community. So much of what you do with F-flat books is based in community. And when I first came across your company, I was like, wow, this is so great because you're truly redefining publishing for the music industry and the relationships between authors and creators and, you know, the communities they serve. So if you could tell us a little bit more about F-flat books and in particular, how you're putting people and community first with that, because it's not something that I see a lot of other companies doing. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's kind of strange, these things. It's not like I ever woke up and said, I want to own a publishing company. (laughs) That never was on my radar at all. You know, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and read books about founders and entrepreneurs, and I'm sure some of this from what I've heard relates to kind of your story, but it's more that you just see a need that you Mm. want to be filled. No one else is filling it. So you start filling it and then it becomes a business and it kind of grows to a place where you probably never imagined when you started it. And that's kind of how it was for me. I was on a sabbatical. I had to publish a book. I had published with a couple of other companies before that, and I just felt frustrated because in academic publishing, you usually uh, lose the rights to your intellectual property. You don't have a lot of control over the format of your work. And my first book deal, my royalty percentage was 2.5%. And so that was kind of standard. And I was just so surprised that everyone seemed okay with this. (laughs) You know, that like we could just give our content over to these big companies and lose our rights and not make any money off of it, even though we were the ones promoting it. So I really just wanted to start an electronic publishing company where the authors got paid a lot. So they, our authors get 70% of royalties and they keep their intellectual property. So they can, you know, publish work anywhere they want through their personal website. They could put it on Amazon if they wanted to. And we just wanted to give them freedom. And so with that, a lot of the onus is put on the author themselves to get their book ready to market. We support them, of course, but then they're sort of their own little entrepreneur because they're developing communities and audiences to interact with their work. We're like their Etsy, you know? We're the space where we get to house their work and make sure that people are able to purchase it, but they really get to do whatever they want with it and have freedom in that, which is super important to us. It's really something truly special, and I'm so honored to be joining it with the the digital version of the Rockstar yes, Life Planner. So my favorite so book <laughs> in the world, <laughs> the the book I use more than any other book in my life. <laughs> oh, thank you so much! I'm really, really honored to be a part of the F Flat Books family, and so I'm glad that finally, now that we have this digital version, it can be a part of it. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of planning and being an entrepreneur and all that stuff, I really felt like that book, that book came to me (laughs) like I think three months into this business endeavor. I heard you talking about it on another podcast with Megan Kuhar Mm -hmm. and I was just like, I need this thing. This sounds amazing. (laughs) And it really is. It's like my personal assistant. Oh, thank you so much. And special shout out to Megan Kuhar, who's also been a guest on the podcast. She's wonderful. And I'm so glad you were able to find me through her. And and I found you and the community continues to grow. Yes. (laughs) Wonderful. You know, you also, you had a wonderful 
virtual conference during this whole lockdown situation. Yeah. Um, and it was really something special. What inspired you to have that conference and, and do you have plans to run it in the future? Yeah, so we did our first virtual symposium in the summer of 2020. So pretty soon after lockdown. And I think what inspired us is, you know, we really wanted to give our authors a platform to share their work. And because all of the conferences were canceled that we had planned to have a presence at, right? we we thought, why not just try something virtual? And this was before everyone was doing a right. virtual conference, right? Not that we were the first to do it, but in terms of the music education world, we were the first Definitely. to do it on a large scale. But the one thing that was really important to us is we saw some of these other smaller virtual events charging a lot of money and not compensating their presenters, mm -hmm. which is pretty standard in academia again. Right. So we just thought like, is there a way that we can nurture our community? We can reach a lot of people, but then still compensate people fairly for their time. And the way we do that is most of our events are pay what you wish. So we let people pay what they can afford. And then it's a profit sharing. So whatever we make, we split amongst our presenters and it's worked out really well so far. And I think, you know, as things start to open up, we'll definitely start to do more in-person events. We had our first in Nashville a couple of weeks ago. So we'll probably do a combination of both because the magic of the virtual event is like you have someone coming on from Australia and Turkey right. <laughs> and China and, you know, all these people that we get to interact with, we've built a beautiful community. So we'll hopefully keep doing some of those in the future. Yeah, I certainly hope so. It really was such a special lineup and I learned so much. And what I really enjoyed about what you all did was focusing it on the teachers, mm -hmm. you know, and focusing it on the educators. Obviously, artists need their support and the tech people and the lighting crew and, you know, all of the, the people behind the scenes need their support. But teachers, I feel, get so overlooked. And mm -hmm. a lot of these teachers, if not all of them, and you address this at the symposium, are musicians themselves, like yourself. And so, you know, I think it's so important. You truly filled a niche need. And I think it's something that is so often overlooked. Being that you are a teacher and that you really do value other educators, I'd love to hear more about this project that you have coming up called Songwriting for Music Educators. What is that mm -hmm. about and what inspired you to start it? Yeah, so I am a full-time public school teacher when I'm not hustling mm -hmm. in a healthy way. Right. <laughs> um, and something that sets me apart from a good amount of teachers is just this kind of dual life that I led for many mm -hmm. years, which is I was playing in bands with friends who had learned by ear or had learned informally, but then I also had this very conservatory training, right, mm -hmm. to be a music educator and a classical pianist. And so a lot of music educators that I've worked with as an adjunct professor and just, you know, as a collaborator have had that classical training and there hasn't been a lot of room for creativity for songwriting for original music. And so something that I'm really passionate about is more creativity in the classroom in general. And I got connected with an incredible incredible woman, educator, musician, Kat Reinert, 
last summer and it's amazing yeah shout out to cat <laughs> yes cat is so awesome and so cat was actually giving me voice lessons that was my pandemic like nice. <laughs> goal was to uh, work on my voice and so we started talking about this need because she was also teaching songwriting at the um, graduate level and we were like why are music educators so afraid to tap into their creativity and write music and perform their own music and why are they so afraid to do it with their students and so we ended up writing a book together that we published on F flat and we got some requests from people to do workshops or more kind of one-on-one coaching. And so we decided to create an on-demand course that's sort of based off of the curriculum that we both use at the university level. And it's really what I love about it is, like you said, a lot of stuff for teachers is not for the teachers themselves. It's Mm -hmm. for their work as professionals. And so we wanted to create something that was specifically for teachers to work on their own musicianship, to unlock their own creativity, to feel empowered, to explore something that might be new or might feel a little bit scary. And then hopefully that that would translate to how they interact with their students in the classroom. That's amazing. And so when can we expect this to be available? So it is available. We had our first cohort that started it and we've gotten some great feedback and we do lots of free workshops and that sort of thing. So we'll continue offering free content and other supports for music educators. But yeah, the course, it is up. It is up and live. Well, you can all check out links to that in our show notes page. We'll make sure we have that available. And, you know, I think one thing that can be very clear to our audience is there's no excuses, guys. You can hustle in a healthy way. You can have a family. You can teach and do what you need to do and build a business that is thriving and doing things that you never thought possible, just like Sarah and her team. And one of the things that I can speak from from experience is that these things don't happen when you don't believe that they're possible. And Mm. when we have those mental roadblocks in our way or when we get stuck in a vicious cycle of just unhealthy habits. And so I know for me personally, what enabled me to do things in the way that Sarah's explaining, you know, things that you didn't think were possible, hustling in a healthy way, all of those things that took some real pivotal moments (laughs) in my life. So I'm curious, Sarah, what would you say has been at least one redefining moment in your career or life that really enabled you to get to where you are today? I think the messaging that a lot of us can live in as entrepreneurs who are doing everything for our business or most things for our business is the have to messaging, Mm, right? Yes. Where we feel like, well, I have to do this. I mean, I have to respond to this now. I have to post this now. I have to do – and if we really unpack that, we're the one who's setting that. (laughs) And most of the time, no one on the outside really cares or is even noticing, you know, (laughs) maybe a couple people. But I think for me, the year that I went on sabbatical, I left my classroom for a year, which as educators, especially in music – when we've built programs, I think we can have that like control. If I'm not there to do X, Y, and Z, it's all going to fall apart. Right. And what happened that year is kids thrived. They learned music. They had a great experience. And I came back to the classroom. I was refreshed and I was a better teacher and they did so much better because they had input from another person who wasn't me. And so taking a sabbatical really just changed my entire thought process because that's when my company was born. That's when all of these incredible pursuits came. And so 
I think when we have space, that's sometimes when our best work happens. And so what I've tried my best to do is to take that like sabbatical mindset into every week where there's a time in every week where I can stop, I can reflect. That's actually why I love, this is just a commercial for your planner, (laughs) but that's, that's actually why I love your planner because it's like, I know on Sunday mornings, I'm going to sit down with a cup of coffee. I'm going to reflect, I'm going to plan and have time to think. And I think if we can stop letting the have to's rule our schedule and start again, like be passion driven, but really be intentional about how we spend our time, we can see amazing things happen. So I think the sabbatical did that for me for sure. That is such a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> I I have chills. That, that is so inspiring. And thank you so much for sharing that. I love when you said I'm going to use the sabbatical mindset every week. A lot of us you know, and I I know I'm talking about myself here, mostly, we'll have that redefining moment. We'll say, wow, that opened our eyes to something. And then sometimes you just go right back to the way you were doing things. It was like your mind was opened up, but it can be very difficult to continually bring that lesson along for the journey. And I love that you're doing that. And that's Mm. really, really, really inspiring. So Basically, everyone listening, I hope you are realizing that you need to be following Sarah. You need to be checking out Songwriting for Music Educators, especially if you teach for a living or if you want to start teaching for a living. It is so, so easy. Just like I see when people become parents or just like when you get into new relationships, Mm. you kind of put yourself on the back burner. You will, as Sarah was saying, be a better teacher by giving yourself time to be that creative and be the creative that you teach. Use your own lessons to really dig in rather than just sharing them with with everybody and neglecting your own. I think that's so important and I, I thank you for the work that you do. So what is the best way for our listeners to become a part of your community? And also how can they become a supporter of your work? So you can follow us on social media. My company is Books, so just at Books on Instagram and Facebook. I do send out a weekly newsletter, which uh, I call Four Things for Friday. So I share things that I'm loving, either from our community, things that we're putting out on our website, or things that, you know, I get recommended by community members. So it really is like my love letter to the music education Uh. community. And just anyone who maybe wants a funny YouTube video once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) And then for the songwriting work, you can follow us at songwriting for me is our handle and and we're on TikTok. We're on all the socials as well, awesome. which has been, that's been a fun world to <laughs> try and learn. But yeah, so either of those two places are great. And you can always message me, send me an email. I love chatting with people. That's wonderful. Well, everything that Sarah just mentioned, you will find links to all of those things in our show notes. So be sure to go check it out. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and inspire our listeners. Thanks for having me. This was great. All right. So I hope you have found some inspiration and motivation in the truth bombs that she was sharing with us today. Now, if you have one thing that you take away from our conversation, I hope that it's that your mental and physical health are not expendable. Trust that you can reach your goals and accomplish big things while still putting yourself and your loved ones first. Now I encourage you to follow Sarah as well as F-Flat Books and the links to their socials and their websites are down below in the caption on YouTube. Now if you have an ebook that you'd like F-Flat Books to consider distributing for you, you can reach out to Sarah directly via email. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, 
at fflat-books.com. Now coming up next, we have my interview with Laura Katana and Edie Blue of IndieFlow. I can't believe I get to share two incredible interviews with you back to back right out the gate for season five. Now I promise more is still to come, but for now enjoy some real talk from two women who have each built their own successful careers in music and each on different side of things. Laura as a manager and Edie as an independent artist. And they each came together under IndieFlow to help you guys do the same. You don't want to miss it, so go check it out next. Before you go, I challenge you to take a leap of faith and make time for you ahead of your career. And trust that you'll not only accomplish your goals, but you'll likely reach them faster and better yet with more enjoyment than if you just blindly pushed yourself forward through that exhaustion that you're likely feeling. Let me know in the comments below if you're ready to commit to putting yourself first, slowing down when you need to, and taking that time to recharge. Let me know below if you are committed to putting yourself first in order to create your best work. Not sure where to begin? I got you covered. Also below, you'll see the link to download my free 49-page guide, the Redefine the Hustle Starter Kit, where I not only guide you step-by-step on exactly how to do just this, but so much more. And when you download it, you'll gain access to my private Instagram community, at Redefine the Hustle. You can only gain access by subscribing to this YouTube channel, which I hope you've already done, and or by downloading the free Redefine the Hustle starter kit. So what are you waiting for? The Instagram community is where we post exclusive content and tips on how to maintain this new hustle of yours that we're gonna build here together on this podcast. So be sure to click those links below in the show notes and I'll see you in the comments.